Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Abigail Martin in for Glenn Blackwell tonight. Producer Jared taking care of us. Fantastic show coming up. A local hockey focus tonight as we're going to talk to some great players from Middle Tennessee that are just going on and continue to take those next steps in representing this area so well in the development of hockey in the Nashville area. But before we get to all of that tonight, the Nashville Predators, boy, after that little slump that they had there, Abigail, have really turned it on of late. And you're seeing so many players continue to step it up. And especially the Predators have two 30-plus goal scorers, and it's just, it is blowing my mind that, that this offense is continuing to click. You have Philip Forsberg, you know, please pay him, and then you have <laughs> Matt Duchesne, who is holy moly having a heck of a season. Then you have Tanner Janot creeping up there. You have so many players that are playing their role. And then, oh, Roman Yossi continuing to set career ha- records at 69 points. Nice. In the name and- of Ryan Johansson, Rhett. <laughs> Roman franchise record breaking Yossi, <laughs> and that is from Ryan Johansson himself. From from Ryan Johansson himself, <laughs> and so you're, you're seeing these players step up, and it's the right time of year for a team to get hot as the trade deadline is approaching. Mm-hmm. But let's look at last night's game first. It's a big win, and while it's it's always funny to me when the Predators and the Penguins meet up, because you see the boards and the groups really heat up the chatter for the Penguins, a team that the Predators only see two times a year, but because of the history in the Stanley Cup final <clears throat> from a long time ago now, it is it is as if they were a rival. Mm-hmm. And so that's how much more that win means is just to beat Sidney Crosby. And I th- it's not only the Predators that have that f- Predators fans that have that feeling. I think so many fan bases have that feeling because the Penguins have won so much that it's just to beat the Penguins because of the caliber of players they have on that team. No matter what, it, it's a big deal to beat them in the fashion they beat them. And because they didn't just beat them on the scoreboard, they also beat them. <laughs> Physically, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, you you saw it live because you were there in the arena. I was not able to be there. I had a puck drop of my own where I took a puck to the throat. By the way, oh, <clears> I didn't know that part. And a little red spot. I thought you sounded a little strange. On my Adam's apple. <laughs> you should have heard me after I took that. But they... where was the TikTok? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but but the hit that Colton Sissons laid out on Sidney Crosby. Oh goodness! I can only imagine how many times Preds fans have rewatched that. <laughs> That's pretty fair, and I'm surprised I haven't seen it as much of a meme as like seeing Corey Perry with his head down or right. walking out of uh, the Winter Classic, but it was something. My mom is actually the one. Who, I'll say this now because I was apparently the first one to see it. My mom texted me and was like, he's going down the tunnel. And I'm like, what? And sure enough, right after the hit, that's where Crosby went. Mm. But it was honestly insane the amount of Penguins fans there were. There was a lot of gold oh, in no that doubt. building. Brian and I were talking from on the forecheck, and I was like, someone in gold is going to score. Like, which one is going to be? <laughs> and it's kind of confusing, so it's hard on the eye. So I'm really glad I didn't had it last night. But there were a lot of Pittsburgh fans there. Always. And going back to your point of people don't like the Penguins, I don't know if it's a Penguins problem or a Sidney Crosby problem, depending on how everybody was upset about <laughs> wanting to barricade um, – the tunnel last night when Crosby went down, but it was a great game. And then you're speaking about goal scorers and, of course, Philip Forsberg. Sign him. I will repeat that. Sign him. We'll talk about that later. The Preds <laughs> rookies have scored 31 goals, the most in the NHL this season, and they've compiled 86 points, the second most in the NHL in 2021-2022. And then Matthias Ekholm, he hits his 55th career goal, just, you know, 1.5 seconds before the first, at the end of the first period. I mean, no big deal. It was pretty dead in the 
the arena. And then as soon as that goal happened, Boom. place lit <laughs> up. And so it was a nice little break to go from intermission to that. And then going aside from that, Forsberg mentioning him, he's never scored against the Penguins or, or Ottawa. The only two teams he's never scored against. But he Weird. got assist. I know, right. And so <laughs> we were talking about it, and I was like um, – I think it was Brian was also like, oh, he's never scored against Pittsburgh, not even in the playoffs. And I was like, well, he got off sides before the right. goal. Like, oh, but right. technically that would have been another assist. Right. But it was definitely very, very interesting. Obviously a great team, uh, Jake Gunsel, who was able to get on the scoreboard, but he has he's leading his club in points with 60. He's got 29 goals after that one. So, And then Tolvanen being able to score. I know yeah. that was, first of all, great goal, great play. And a lot of people were really excited. I know Heinz talked about it during his post-game presser. And everyone just loves Roman Yossi. They're like, oh, yeah, we're playing with the best defenseman in the NHL right now. And so I think that has a lot to say coming from your captain. And then UC Soros, also another fun fact, got his goal, or excuse me, got his his goal. It's coming. Eventually I just manifested it, going to follow <laughs> Pekka. Um, but he recorded his first career NHL win back in 2016 against the penguins and they won last night so i mean it's trending in the good direction let's just see if a contract will come out here soon right with an assist so <laughs> looking at this game too just of the caliber of teams in the metro i mean pittsburgh currently at 81 points and then they're still trailing carolina at 87 tied with the rangers at 81 washington's at 76 in fourth place whereas if a team had 76 points in the central they'd be tied with st louis for second so that was a that's a big win. That is a quality win for the National Predators, and especially in the in the fashion they did it. When we talk about just beating, though, the National Predators, as we all know, have gotten way more physical. And as we've been seeing the evolution of this team in quote unquote being more difficult to play against in the Predator way and reestablishing a new Predator way, they're second in the league in hits, just behind Ottawa. And especially when you look at they, where they're at in the standings. The Predators have found a way to balance the physicality while also producing and winning games. But 1,706 hits for the National Predators this season, that's 28.16 hits per 60. That's physical. They had 36 hits registered against the Penguins. And the thing that I'm noticing so much is when you're able to balance that out while still having offensive production – you in a seven-game series, and that's when you start looking at this, right? Mm-hmm. When you can be that physical and still produce offensively, that bodes so well in a seven-game series where you are literally having to outstand the other team by beating them physically and on the scoreboard because those little factors come into play of every other night you're having to face these guys and every other night you're getting the poo-poo beat out of you. And it's not poo-poo from a bucket. It's I was going to ask, but... Just had to clarify that. <laughs> but that means so much because you have a guy, for instance, like Tanner Janot, mm-hmm. who is not just a physical threat, but he's also a goal-scoring threat. Right. And teams have to prepare for that. And it is difficult to prepare for a, a power forward like Tanner Janot because he's part of that evolution of power forward. I was talking with a good friend, uh, Kyle Perkins, who has b- been on different podcasts and writing now, too, and talking about that. That is difficult. There's not many teams out there that have a power forward like a Tanner Janot, especially that youth that he has as well. That's going to be a difference maker come the playoff time. So transitioning from that of what the future holds and going to the playoffs and a player, will they have him in the playoffs? I wonder where this will go. Philip Forsberg. So now we know the trade deadline's coming up on Monday, right? And the news broke earlier today about the San Jose Sharks re-signing and extending Tomas Hurdle 
for eight years and just over $8 million, which is just curious to me because of the direction the team is going for how do you get him to commit to that? <laughs> because it's not like they're trending up in any certain way. So that, that bodes for the production-wise that Philip Forsberg obviously produces more than Tomas Hurdle. Therefore, the, what I'm seeing now is like what we've been seeing so many people talk about. It's got to be about $9 million. Eight years, $9 million. That's a huge commitment for the Predators to make, especially when you have Yossi, Johansson, Duchesne living with all that money right there. That's a lot of money in four players, but that's that's what it's going to have to be is nine mil, and then you potentially load it up with bonuses for performance as well as a, some sort of modified clause in there. I don't think Poyle's going to get away with not, without having a clause. I mean, mm-hmm. Yossi has one, Duchesne has one. Some sort of modified clause being in there is going to have to come into play. So I truly do think they're closer than what maybe is being led on because I cannot imagine with all this time that they'd be that far off because we've all been talking about it. And if we're talking about where we think it should be, which is above Duchesne and Johansson and maybe just a smidge below Yossi, that's just where it's lying right now. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree because I know at first I was seeing a little bit of the number of eight, but especially with the signing today, I mean, he deserves more and it's going for a better team, but this isn't the competitive rebuild that I don't think a lot of people expected coming from the Mm -hmm. Preds. It's completely different because you hear that and, you know, you immediately go, oh no, what's going to happen? But if you can keep Forsberg, which I just don't see how they're going to, how they would lose him. I mean, I know realistically there is absolutely a possibility and never say never, but I don't see any benefits that could come out of it at all. And so I think he's in a good spot. I mean, he's sitting pretty high up, breaking records and doing what he needs to do (laughs) in multiple 30 goal seasons. I don't see an argument for not. Just pay him. The Braves didn't pay Freddie Freeman and see what happened. And the same thing will happen to the Nashville Predators. Oh, man. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mom. Burn. Oh, man. But but what's, what's so interesting, too, is when you see the performance here. And, yeah, it's a contract year. But it's not a contract year for Matt Duchesne. It's a rebound year for Matt Duchesne. Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing is when you put line mates together that have an elite potential of talent, of the production that can happen, and you're seeing great bounce back years for so many of these Predators players that on paper we knew they should be performing way better than they had been, and now you're seeing the fruits of those actions come into play. Just like how there's no doubt in my mind that both Duchesne and Forsberg are going to cross that Victor Arvidsson mark. Mm-hmm. And it's very likely that both could reach 40 goals, that the Predators could have a 40-goal score <laughs> for the first Maybe time not just one, in but franchise two. history. It's, it's been over 20 years, and they haven't had a 40-goal. Anyways. Not better. It's just, it just shows how difficult it is nowadays, too, to have a 40-goal score. And we're in your draft position as well to get that kind of talent. But if they have that, that is proving the worth, too, and proving why you should have for the Forsberg for that much longer of a run. But you cannot afford – to let him just walk. Right. So this is where I cannot see a position right now where he does not resign because I can't imagine that Poyle does not have in the back of his head to lose him without getting anything in return, potentially. And I still don't think that happens, but it's got to be on the board of like, look, a decision's got to come, yay or nay, before <laughs> noon. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a sooner deadline to keep everybody yeah. off of their toes. But, I mean, going back to Duchesne, I mean, that's perfect because as soon as um, they they came together, it was like they're a highlight reel waiting to happen oh, yeah. every single time. They didn't do well last year, and a lot of people were like, oh, it's because you paid them. I think he has the opportunity to redeem himself here. 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, up next, Lucas Bond of Hendersonville played at Alabama Huntsville, now going to Niagara. So D1 player staying for representing Huntsville, or sorry, representing Hendersonville and Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to talk to him up next. Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 102.5 The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford, Abigail Martin, producer Jared taking care of us. And Abigail, do you know that song at all? Yes, I've known the past two songs. Thank you very much. Okay. Do, 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 do. I don't know the name of it, so you don't, don't even ask. You know the name ask. or the band? What does it matter? You asked if I knew the song, and I do. You could be lying. Okay, that's kind of rude, but okay. Not kind of rude. It's, it's, it's a fact. All right, I'll leave. Bye, guys. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> Abigail Kappen over here. All right. <laughs> up next, let's bring on Lucas Bond. He is heading up to Niagara University after a few years at University of Alabama in Huntsville. From Hendersonville, a local man playing D1 hockey. Lucas, welcome to the show. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing all right, man. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, man. So you know, I've talked to you before just with, with your experience down in Huntsville and just how excited are you to have this opportunity to be able to play Division One college hockey again here next season. Yeah, I'm super excited. It's an amazing opportunity to both further my education and get to play Division One hockey too. So I'm I'm super excited. Speaking of your um, education, I'm a college student myself. I go to MTSU. So what has been the process to graduate early and to just make this big transition in your life? Yeah. So. Over the course of the first few years, I began taking summer classes, and I also came to school with a few credits. Um, so just a lot of hard work in the summer, um, and then pretty heavy class load during during the normal semesters has kind of put me ahead. So so I'm excited to be able to finish up this summer and then get started on my MBA come come fall. That's super cool. But going even more off of that, I'm going to pressure you a little bit. Not really. I'm totally yeah. kidding. If you haven't decided, what are you studying and what is your goal whenever you go to get your master's as well? Um, I'm not sure. Sh- I'm, I'm going to get my MBA and I'm not sure what I want my concentration to be yet. Um, I studied my undergrads in business management with a minor in finance. Um, so, but I'm not sure what my concentration is going to be yet. I'm just, just starting, starting with the MBA and going from there. The way I see, he can be making money when he's done. Yeah. <laughs> You're setting yourself up pretty well there, Lucas. I'll hit you up. I have some marketing homework that might need to be done. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Lucas, obviously it's it's been a sad and curious situation that happened down in Huntsville. Just take us through everything that happened as much as you possibly can and are willing to discuss, too, just because I know it was, it was frustrating as well to see how, how everything played out. Obviously, we're very excited that you have the opportunity to continue playing, but just what's that been like over the past kind of year and a half for you? Yeah, I mean, it was a tough situation. Um, my first two years were awesome at UAH. I loved everybody, loved the coaching staff, um, had an awesome time. Then the third year came, and we had the um, – Different, different troubles, whether it was COVID, um, making money, money stuff hard, um, and some other things behind the scenes. But um, I, I really enjoyed my time at UAH. I've met awesome people here. The coaching staff was awesome. I still keep in touch with Lance, Lance West quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, I'm super excited for the next chapter. 
Absolutely. And so, uh, but what about Niagara? Interested you? Was it the program there, the, the team itself? Uh, and obviously there's some, some good storied teams you're going to be playing against as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I love Niagara first and foremost because they have an awesome head coach. He's, uh, he's a guy I've known for a long time through, through a mutual mentor of mine. Oh. Um, and he's Jason Lammers. He's a, he's a really high-quality coach and a really high-quality person, and I'm really excited to play for him. But, um, yeah, and, and obviously it's a, it's a pretty cool scenic place up there around Niagara Falls, mm-hmm. so I'm excited for that. And then just the school is going to be a great education. So, yeah, I'm really excited for all three of those. Oh, absolutely. And, and, hey, there's some pretty darn good teams that, that have come out of there as well. I mean, there's AIC. Uh, it's always fun with Army and then Air Force and, and other schools like that. Are there any schools you're looking forward to playing the most just because it's going to be a different experience for you? Uh, not anyone in particular. I'm, I'm just excited <laughs> to get, get into the, the Atlantic Division and um, kind of see how the, the style of play is up there and kind of get my feet wet and get, get comfortable and then get ready for the season. So I'm excited to play everyone. Yeah, and so people know too. I mean, the the, the pre conference schedule as well for this past season. I mean, they're playing some Big Ten teams, which is pretty cool to see. Like, like Penn State, like Michigan, even played uh, North Dakota. So you're gonna have the opportunity potentially to, depending on the schedule, to play some pretty big teams as well. Does that excite you to know you're gonna be able to play some big dogs in college hockey and have those experiences to, to prove yourself against them? Oh yeah, for sure. That stuff. That's. I mean, that's what you play for. That stuff is super <laughs> exciting. Getting to play. And those big sold out arenas and mm-hmm. and huge, huge, hugely successful teams and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm super excited. And now, now it's been a while. What have you been doing to stay in shape and everything? What's the training regimen been like for you? Obviously, you have your studies still to balance, but a little bit of extra time. So what's that training been like just to stay in shape? Yeah, I've been training on my own quite a bit, both in the gym and on the ice. I've been working with um, some local guys here in Huntsville, Jared Ross, and some other guys, oh, cool. um, just continuing to skate and and work out on pretty much a daily basis so it's been uh it's been weird being out of the game for for a year or so but um staying in shape hasn't been an issue and i'm excited to get back into playing full-time oh no doubt and now i mean it's going to be a, a change weather-wise climate-wise but you're not it's not new to you i mean just in terms of you you played in sioux city you played in des moines and Col- west Kelowna up in bc <laughs> so uh, what are you looking forward to in terms of a little bit of a change of climate and having a pretty a pretty heavy winter is going to happen up there when you're up there next year yeah i actually like the winters i like the snow so i mean it might get old pretty fast but <laughs> i've had the i've had the warm weather for a few years now so I can I can take a year of the snow, so <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> Again, Lucas Bond joining us, a uh, native of Hendersonville, Tennessee. Uh, played Hendersonville, played at UAH, now going over to Niagara. And before we get to some fun questions, just uh, and I've asked you this before, but just to give another opportunity to talk about it. I mean, being from the Nashville area and knowing that more and more talent is coming from this area to to not just play junior hockey, for instance, but play D1 hockey and, and take it to that next level, knowing that eventually there's going to be NHL players coming from Middle Tennessee. How does it excite you just in terms of being able to, to represent the Nashville area as, as a product overall of, of Middle Tennessee hockey? Yeah, it's unreal. It's, it's awesome seeing the younger kids and how good they are and how much the Junior Preds organization has grown and just all the, all the prospects coming out of Nashville going to play D1 or juniors. But, and all the rinks popping up, too. It's really cool to see whether it's inline or ice. There's, there's a ton of hockey now, which which wasn't around 10, 15 years ago. So it's awesome to see, and I'm excited to see what kind of prospects and other players come out of Nashville soon. 
and unfortunately he wasn't there when when you were living there but hey at least yeah. hendersonville gallatin is getting a rink soon too that that's got to be really good for for that part of town right yeah yeah that's unreal that's super exciting all right, so we always close a segment, especially when we have college and, and high school players on, with some fun get-to-know-you questions. So this is like a lightning round, okay? Okay. All right, so what is the best vacation you've ever been on and why? Um, we went on a cruise to the Bahamas, and it was awesome. And They had, like, unlimited ice cream on the boat, and <laughs> it, was just, <laughs> it was an awesome experience, and I'd, I'd love to go on a cruise again. All right. You know, there's some ships that have uh, ice rinks on them, so need to organize some hockey playing on, on a cruise ship. That, that'd be a story right there. Yeah. <laughs> What's the, the last uh, sh- uh, show on Netflix, Hulu, or anything that you binge-watched? Oh, man. Uh, um, my girlfriend's been getting me into this show called Euphoria. Like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's pretty much the only thing I've been watching on Netflix. I don't really watch it else than hockey and sports so euphoria is totally accurate to the teenage lifestyle i know yeah (laughs) all right are you are you into superhero movies and if so just do you have a favorite superhero movie um not really i'm not really into superhero movies honestly i uh i'm more of like a a sci-fi guy i I don't yes i don't really watch too many my favorite sci-fi is interstellar but (laughs) that's a good one that's a damn good one Y'all lost me on both of those. So oh, I'm going to switch on. to something I know, and that's going to be food. For <laughs> Oreos, would you rather have them double-stuffed or, like, regular? Um, <laughs> probably double-stuffed. I mean, if Thank you're going to eat one, you might as well have it, you know? Yeah. Have the full thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you deserve to, like, binge, have a little cheat every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, sweet tea or unsweet tea? Uh, sweet tea. Oh, thank goodness. We're going to be best friends. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness and then let's see hmm one more one more okay if well, who's your favorite like all-time any sport athlete dead or alive oh man probably probably conor mcgregor uh okay. i just I love his, that's a different that. answer yeah yeah i love his mindset and you can go back and watch old videos of him him saying i'm gonna be the best when he was like terrible over in ireland and then he, he ended up doing what he did so He's really motivational. I love listening to his stuff and whatnot. And especially when you think about for a hockey player mindset, he knows how to get under people's skin. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, right. That's getting in the mind of someone else. That's always a, a good one-up as an athlete. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, Lucas, dude, we appreciate your time. Congratulations and looking forward to following your continuing to follow your career over at Niagara. And we'll be sure to catch up with you uh, during the season there. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Talk soon. Absolutely. Good luck. Have a good one. Folks, Lucas Bond, Hendersonville native, played down at University of Alabama in Huntsville, and now heading up to Niagara University playing D1 hockey in the Atlantic. So really good to see that representative of Middle Tennessee hockey and the development there. We're going to keep it going. Uh, Matt Yurkovich is joining us next. He's with the Nashville Flyers, also plays high school hockey for Franklin Hume Fogg BGA. But the Nashville Flyers are heading to nationals. They're going to represent uh, Tennessee as, as state champions. They're going to represent them at the USA Hockey Nationals coming up later this month in Michigan. So we're going to talk to Matt Yurkovich. Up next, Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, 
Abigail Martin in for Glenn Blackwell. Producer Jared taking care of us. And Abigail, you have this look on your face that you don't know what you're listening to. It sounds like Matchbox 20. Yeah. Okay, okay. I will give you. I'll give you some. Was I right? Po- no. Oh. No. 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 <laughs> give you some points for being close. Like okay. at least you're in the right era. Okay. Would, well, then that's good. Next. Little, n- no. <laughs> no. 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 That was Mr. Jones counting crows. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're like okay. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. To- okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, keeping the local hockey focus <laughs> right now, we are joined by Matt Yurkovich. He is with the Nashville Flyers 16U team, and they are heading to nationals to represent the state of Tennessee at the end of the month in early April. The national tournament's taking place in Troy, Michigan. March 31st to April 4th, and this is a big deal because this team has qualified, but they haven't been able to go because the pandemic hit. We had Lyndon Palmer on that was with this team three, wow, yeah, two years ago. <laughs> Same I'm, difference at this point. It's all blending together in I 2020. I still live in 2020. It was early March 2020. We had Lyndon Palmer, who's now with MTSU Hockey, on the show to interview about qualifying for the national tournament. And the next day, or the, yeah, when everything shut down, every everything shut down. So this is a really exciting moment for this National Flyers team, and we do have Matt on the phone now. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Absolutely, man. So just first of all, how excited are you to finally be able to go representing not just Nashville, the state of Tennessee, to go play in Nationals later this month? Oh, it's very exciting. Um, I've played in the tournament a couple times before, and it's just such a fun tournament. It's very competitive, and be there, be there with all your buddies like through all the season. It's just, it's just a great final tournament to have with everybody. You sound pretty laid back about it, but with the such high stakes to go with it, how are you able to handle the pressure? Uh, it's you just can't. You just have to take it with a grain of salt. Uh, it's. It's it's a big tournament for sure, but it is still a hockey game, and you have to go into it thinking of it as a hockey game and that it's just nothing more than a Saturday, Sunday, weekend hockey game that you're uh, driving to go play in Nashville. In Michigan for Nationals, no big deal, no big deal at all. Mm-hmm. So with that, I'm superstitious, so I have to ask, do you have any like superstitious uh, qualities that you have and that you're going to take with you? And, like, again, I don't know. Michigan for Nationals. Um, before every game, I just like to retape my stick. Uh, that's just something that I do. So I just get my head ready for the game and just stay focused and prepared. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I, I don't have any superstitions aside from just I put the sock on the right foot first. <laughs> yeah, it's not super crazy. I mean, like, that's very, very fair. Yeah, that's not it, retaping the stick. Well, especially, I mean, you score plenty of goals, so you kind of have to retape your stick, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I mean, because just, and I know this is about the Flyers and everything, but you also play in Gene Ash in high school hockey, and I mean, you led Franklin Humefog BGA with 44 points in 21 games. 25 of those were goals. What's that like balancing, and how does that help you throughout your time being playing in both leagues? How does one help the other in terms of your playing? Uh, it, it's really just goes down to ice time. It's just nice being able to be put in game situations and try things that I haven't been able to try in a Mm -hmm. travel atmosphere. Um, it's, uh, very helpful to play with different players so I can get a grasp of what it's going to be like if I want to go play somewhere else, not 
having to play with the same people over and over again. Being in Nashville, there's a smaller group of hockey player community. Um, however, it is growing. You tend to play with a lot of the same guys for a lot of years in a row. Um, so it's nice to be able to play with some different guys and get different chemistry and different friendships. Yeah, that makes sense, especially because, I mean, you play on a co-op team in high school, and you have a lot of – I'm sure there's plenty of other players that on your Flyers team as well that are playing for other high schools as well. So how does that help you become a better hockey player then when you know sometimes you're going to face your t- own teammates <laughs> when, when you're playing as well? Um, I, I think it's really just the compete level goes up. Uh, bragging rights in the locker room, like <laughs> just being able to say that you beat their team and – you scored however many goals. It's just uh, nice to be able to kind of nudge your teammates about how your team beat theirs. And... <laughs> it's always the bragging rights. So uh, y- you got to see, I know it was uh, Jacob Schenk, I believe, that scored the game winner for, for you guys to, to punch your ticket uh, to Nationals. What were the emotions like for you and just for the rest of your team seeing that puck go across the line? Oh, it was a great feeling. It's um... – it was it was so nice to be able to just have that all relief from a very tense shootout. Uh, I know everybody gave it their all, and both teams played very solid game, very close. Uh, it was it was amazing getting that win. Um, I know everybody in the locker room was really happy about about it, and really just excited to go to nationals in general. Absolutely. Matt Yurkovich joining us now from the Nashville Flyers, a U16 AA team going to the USA Hockey National Tournament in Troy uh, at the end of this month. What's what's one of those things, aside from the games, when you go to a tournament like this, obviously there's hockey players everywhere. <laughs> Is this an opportunity, too, for, for you to meet other guys from around the country as well? What, what other things do you do off the ice to kind of enjoy this experience? Um, I... We obviously go to some team events, some team breakfast, dinners, whatever. Um, we really don't see many other hockey teams. If we do, it's at the hotel. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do talk to them sometimes, but it's not it's not a every trip experience. Um, and our league that we played in, there's you start to get to know the guys a lot better that you play against after you've played them a couple times. So... There definitely is some friendships that I've had just from playing in different states and against a lot of different teams several times in a row, which is pretty cool. Oh, absolutely. I can only imagine. Well, and just the excitement level, but I'm sure it's just all business as well when you guys are there. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you get any downtime at all, too, just as a team to do anything, or is it is it purely one of those things that there's no right or wrong answer, obviously, but is it all business, or do you have a little bit of downtime to enjoy other things in the area? Um. For nationals, I'd say like you have after after you play, it's only one game a day. So after you play that game, um, you probably have like a good chunk of the rest of the day to uh, do whatever you want to do and prepare for the next game. However, you w- would like to do that. Um, spend time with family, friends, uh, tour the city. Like you, it's really up to you. Um, other than that, it's really just you're focusing on hockey because that's what you're there to do. Oh, yeah. It makes sense. But but right now, you're on spring break, right? 
Yes, sir. So you're not focusing on hockey too much. So we appreciate you taking the time. Talk to us on spring break. What? How are you enjoying your spring break right now? Where, where are you at? Uh, I'm in Sarasota, Florida right now. Nice. Now, is it a little sure. warmer there? Are you actually able to enjoy the beach? It is. 80 <laughs> degrees here. Oh, man. All right. Well, before we have to let you go, we always love to take an opportunity, especially when we have high school players, junior players on, uh, to do some get-to-know-you questions, a lightning round, if you will. So you good to go with that? Sure. Okay. What is the last show that you binge-watched on streaming? Um, Breaking Bad. All right. Okay. Did you enjoy that? I did. It was a very good show. All right. What is one song that just always gets you amped up to play hockey? Oh, um, probably Pushing P. Oh, right. my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another uh, one. Do you have a favorite TikToker? Uh, probably just the NHL pages or the hockey pages that post highlights. All right. All right. Do, do you ever try to mimic any like flashy moves that you see on any of those highlights every, every once in a while? Uh, I do. I usually use that for Nash just because <laughs> it, it was just a place to try new things and see what worked and what didn't. Um, All right. It's a, uh, it's few and far between because they're a lot better than I am. <laughs> so have you ever tried to pull off with a teammate, the Trevor Zegras? I have in practice several times. Oh. <laughs> uh, me and a kid named Nick Gentilly have got it several times. Ooh. And we make sure to get the celebration the same as well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, speaking of goals, going to Michigan, are you going to try that? That little slim move whenever you're there. Ooh. Um... If the opportunity approaches me, I I guess I will take a shot at it, but I'm if not going to go out of my you know. way. <laughs> if it's there. <laughs> if it's there, then okay. Okay, so speaking of music, I'm getting absolutely roasted because I didn't know the last song that was on. So what is your favorite, like, old-timey-ish song? From the 90s old? Mm, well, I mean, we're young. I'd say, I'd say my favorite band, older band, is probably Dave Matthews' band. Okay, right. well, I don't know that, right. so he, oh, you beat me. Abigail! <laughs> you're younger than me, and you beat no. me. <laughs> no, Yurkovich just earned major bonus points by saying DMV. Major bonus points right there. All right, Abigail, one more. <laughs> oh, goodness. I don't even know how to recover from that one. That's the worst oh, part about it. What is your favorite place? Where's your favorite place to go, like, food-wise? You need a quick bite. You got, like, 25 minutes. Where are you going? Ooh, um... Probably Shake Shack. Oh, okay. okay. All right, I like that. I like that answer. I've never been there, so that sounds good. Abigail, we've got to get you out more. Yeah, get me cultures, <laughs> please. <laughs> well, Matt, we certainly appreciate especially joining us on your spring break. Best of luck to you. We're going to be following along, and just awesome job representing the state of Tennessee and Nashville at Nationals. Thank you guys very much for having me. Absolutely. Folks, Matt Yurkovich with the Nashville Flyers U16 AA program, the state champions for Tennessee representing Tennessee at USA Hockey Nationals coming up March 31st to April 4th in Troy, Michigan. That's just so awesome to see. They're getting the opportunity to go play Nationals. And all right, up next, you sent us some questions on Twitter. We hopefully have some answers for you. That's up next. Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025, The Gate.
today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you. By now, you should have somehow realized what you gotta do. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Abigail Martin in for Glenn, and producer Jared rocking our 90s hits. Miss Martin. Mm-hmm. Old time. Do you music. know that one? Yeah, Old One Direction music. sang it in their The Voice audition, Wonderwall. Okay. I mean, however you got to the answer, you got to the answer. I mean, I knew it before, but it's just an extra tidbit. And I figured someone okay, would yell yeah. at me just because, oh, you don't know because One Direction. Well, no, that's okay. It helps. It's, it's, you grew up with One Direction. They I, diversified I'm not gonna hate on that. me. What can I say? I'm not going to hate on that. Do you know the <laughs> artist? Harry Styles covered it. See, that doesn't help you. I know. And I'm so sorry. Let me look it up real quick. Hold no, on. it's okay to just say. It I was on my 90s playlist when I was here. Like, Mom, I want you to know I actually did listen to you. You're welcome. Um, Oasis. Okay. I was listening to a 90s mix, and Ooh, this song came Google. on. <laughs> I came up with that off the top of my head. It just took me a minute. Yeah, your eyes I need are to totally think. saying that as you typed. <laughs> I was looking at the trade that happened, which we'll talk about. Right. Speaking (laughs) of, there have been a few trades. Uh, Florida definitely all in. Ben Charrett going there. I mean, solidifying the defense there. Kelly Yarncroke going to Calgary for, as Michael Gallagher of the National Post reported, more than what the Preds got in return for Victor Arvidsson. He's going there for a second, a third, and a seventh. Uh, So Calgary also solidifying their place especially in the Pacific, which is not super competitive. Uh, so good for them. Uh, things are going. You're starting to see things fall because I know there was a question that actually came in about why are the Preds not in on Ben Jarrett? Well, we, we don't know everything the Preds are going to be in or out on uh, with that one. So who knows? There could be conversations that were had and just the price was maybe was too much. Florida is in a place where they should be all in given their performance this season. Calgary's in a place where they should be all in given their performance. The Predators to me, are in a place where you stand pat or, like I've been saying for weeks now, you add a depth veteran defenseman that's a rental. That is not Ben Harper. That is not Ben Harper. Especially with the injury issues that have happened with Mark Borowiecki, it's been really questionable on that third pairing. And we've talked about this before, and it's happened to where there's been flashes of brilliance of where a third pair just – needs to get by and not make a mistake like you just don't be don't be a liability on the ice that's the biggest thing out of a third every third pairing is going to be made out of your guys that are making way less money that typically will sometimes make mistakes or not the best and if because if they were they'd be top four defensemen but the only thing that we should hope for out of a third pairing is some physicality and to not be a liability that's just setting the bar really low and that hasn't always been the case because the third pairing that is currently out there sometimes has not been that good. So the only thing, the only thing that I'd want to see the National Predators in on is if to solidify things is get a depth rental defenseman where you're not giving up anything higher, anything higher than a fifth. You could include a low-level prospect and a fifth or sixth. But that's it. There's no reason for this team to go all in because they have something special as it is. You don't need to sell the farm 
to make a deep run because you're playing pretty well as you are right now. Overall, especially offensively, you have the tools in place. There's no need to sell when you could be completely reopening your window over the next season even, and you have prospects ready to step up. That is all I want to see is to stand pat or add depth defense and roll with it and see if something magical happens in the playoffs. Abigail? And sign Forsberg. I know you're. I know it's the obvious one, but I just want to go ahead and clarify that part. But as long as they can get Ben Harper off the ice, I think it's going to save a lot of issues. And I've said that for probably a year now or ever since he landed in Asheville. I'm not sure. And just to go back to last night, whenever Crosby left, they were like uh, barricade the tunnel, and I think it was House Cats, and he was like send Ben Harper to the tunnel and barricade, like have him guard it. And someone was like, I doubt he could even do that if you had him do that. So the liability comes into absolute effect, just trying to keep someone off the ice. He was like, it's a win-win situation. Oh, my goodness. I thought it was pretty funny. I got a kick out of it. Oh, but my goodness. I agree with you. And obviously, citing Forsberg's number one, but Ellis also has left, and that's you know left a big mark, if you have to say. But Ekholm's been able to step up. But having someone, especially when it comes to playoff time, that's critical, and especially if you get the wrong shift change out there. Oh, yikes. Ooh, yeah. yikes. Yikes. So, all right, this one comes from our good friend Scott Wren. What will it take to get a women's rivalry series game in Nashville? I think that Nashville's very close to featuring more in terms of the women's pro game. I know that the there was a, a poll, a survey that went out a few weeks ago. Just basically it was a women's professional sports survey about which level – You'd want to see Nashville, whether it was soccer or basketball or hockey or something else. And that was an opportunity for a lot of people that are on the email list for, I believe it was the CVC that put this out there. Sorry, the Sports Council put it out. What we'd want to see, obviously, I voted for hockey because I'd love to see in the future the professional women's hockey uh, be here in Nashville. It's, it's going to be difficult with travel, especially most of them in the Northeast or in Minnesota and everything that's already established. So I'd love to see the here. But in terms of giving a rivalry series game, I think it's very close. It's just going to be a matter of putting a bid in and getting it in. And just like you do for concerts is making it happen because I know it'd be supported here. You see the, the women's collegiate hockey showcase that happens at Fort I center Bellevue and how they sell that out. You have the, the t- you have top college hockey teams coming in um, the women's side also running a camp, for, for junior players, for girls. So it's awesome to have that event, keep it rolling, and have USA Canada play a game here. I'd love to see that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no kidding. And even going back to the sports part of it, whenever um, last Thursday when Nashville SC launched or announced Geodis Park, they mentioned we want to have women's soccer here. So there's definitely a push from the outside mm-hmm. sources coming from Nashville Soccer Club, coming from Geodis. They're open and willing to do it. Obviously, they've got a brand new spanking stadium, which looks absolutely stunning, by the way. Just a plug right there. But anyways, <laughs> I whatever sport it has to be, obviously, I'm going to say right there with you, hockey, soccer, whatever it is, I would love – that more than anything in the world and I would like to be credentialed for it but I think it would come sooner than later and especially with even like even the Titans wanting to expand obviously it shows that Nashville is very serious about Mm -hmm. the sports here and bringing the women's game obviously it has to change worldwide and there has to be more attention that's brought to it and all it takes is for one person to do it and it's going to grow plus Nashville is a destination Right. So you, you bring it here you're going to have people traveling from all over that's one reason why I think Nashville is definitely on par for hosting an event like that because people want to come here and especially after the stadium series game oh yeah you saw how that just absolutely went absolutely bonkers so with that 
Hum, bring it here. <laughs> and and you've seen plenty of Olympians come here too to run women's programs. I know it's it's happened just for training purposes. They've come here for camps and everything too. People love coming to Nashville, so there's no doubt in my mind that that can happen. Okay, this one comes from Brandy. In your opinion, one of them we're likely to need on tread de- deadline day. <laughs> Box of wine or a box of tissues? Yes. Why not both? <laughs> uh, I really think it's going to be more on the alcohol side of things just because it could be stressful while waiting for news to come out. Uh, so, again, I think something will happen before then. I would hope something happens on the weekend, maybe Sunday. It would be nice. I mean, typically the Preds don't know tend to break news on the weekends they tend to be like an eight to five organization (laughs) Uh, but but i'd like it to happen then because then what happens if you get that out of the way then you can focus on other things on trade deadline day if somebody rings the bell Mm -hmm. and wants to take ben harper for like future considerations um or anything two bucks can do that yeah Uh, so uh, we're harping on him i I just he's better suited for I didn't even mean to do that. He's better suited for Milwaukee. He's, he, I think, he'd be totally fine in Milwaukee. Anyways, this one comes from Robert. How many Disney poop bucket mentions do you get? <laughs> uh, with the Sharks resigning Hurl at eight by eight, what does Phil get? I think nine. Uh, what potential first round matcher for the Preds is the scariest? The Avalanche. Uh, <laughs> and which one do you feel like gives the Preds the best chance? Yeah, the Avalanche are the scariest one. Bar none. Period. Write it out. That is the most dangerous first-round matchup for the Preds is Colorado because they, they're they at 91 points with 21 games left. <laughs> they're a freight train right now. And even though the Preds have beat them twice in the regular season, the playoffs are a completely different story. That is right. a bad matchup waiting to happen. The Predators are going to match up well against a team like, for instance, if, if they make it, like Vancouver, I think Minnesota. Uh, they'd match up well with, I think, even St. Louis. Just not Colorado. I don't know, because I'm going to argue with you a little bit on that one, just because they seem to play well when they're playing the high-caliber teams, and whenever they're playing lower caliber, they're like, oh, you know, we're just going to chill, do whatever we need to do. And that's kind of how it's been for years, I feel like. They'll play to the expectation that's set by the opposing team, which would be great. Obviously, McKinnon is going to serve that. You're either going to come to play or you're going to lose 5 to nothing. There's no way around it. Um, if they end up playing the Minnesota Predators, that would work too. Um, but I do think you get a high caliber, you're going to see this team transform. And it might take them. It might take the Predators a minute to get into the rhythm. That's all I'll say. They're not going to have a minute against Colorado. Oh, well, I know that. but there's well, I mean, I'm just – I'm trying to keep it real. No, that's fair. I mean, I'm trying to – yes, Colorado is – It'll be a hat trick before you know it. I mean, for real, though, Colorado is stacked. They're, and, I'm, and I'm not trying to put anything against the Predators. We all know you want a better matchup in the first round because that's where you can gain your momentum, right? That's, that's what you want is to gain momentum. I just I would have a difficult time seeing them go past six games, uh, just because of the, the the caliber of the team Colorado is. But I think any other team that they would play in the first round, they're one hundred percent in the series. Like any other team, literally any other, <laughs> literally any other team okay. in the West. I'll keep that in mind for my bracket. I'm just, <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> All right. Well, Abigail, thank you so much for filling in for Glenn tonight. We really appreciate it. Jared, thank you so much and well, taking us out with some DMB. That's Dave Matthews Band, Abigail. Okay. For producer Jared and Abigail Martin, this is Justin Bradford. Thank you so much for tuning in to Penalty Box right here on ESPN 1025 The Game.